Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest installment of Technically Minded, a podcast brought to you by Credera. As ever, I hope all of our listeners are keeping safe and well and are excited to hear more about our topic today. Uh, for those listeners who are new to Technically Minded, we aim to provide an opportunity for colleagues from across our firm to come together to discuss business and technical problems we're seeing from a range of our clients and partners across the various sectors we work in, in the hope that our experiences and insights are helpful to you, our listeners. I'm your host for this session. My name is Matthew Greenhouse, consultant at Credera. And as usual, I'm joined by three of my wonderful colleagues who are in uh, no particular order. We have Nigel Hughes, uh, director and head of our retail practice. Hi, Matt. How are you? Good. Thanks, Nigel. Nick Hammond, management consultant in our agile practice. Hi, everybody. And last but not least, James Breeze, management consultant in our MarTech practice. Hi, guys. Okay, welcome all. And thank you very much for taking the time to join us today. So, um, Today's episode is the second part in our MarTech podcast series, exploring the importance of connectedness in developing personalization and a single customer view. In part one, we focused on two of the four key areas of connectedness uh, in connected experience and connected insights. And in this episode, we will be focusing more on connected technology and connected organization. Uh, so just to join the, the dots on the two parts, can I come to you first, Nigel, just to give us a quick summary of, of connectedness and where this conversation has come from? Sure, thanks, Matt. Uh, yes, yeah, so this comes from um, a number of engagements that we're involved with, um, some big retailers, European retailer, UK one, and a large property and land company. And it was, um, we were working around um, their technology and looking at types of technology they're deploying, and that led to some business conversations, those conversations around their business capabilities, and we started speaking to CMOs in each organisation and their MarTech capability. What became apparent was all had a very similar view. They, they were talking about their connected experience, how they connect better with um, their customers. In doing so, there's lots of conversations on personalization and, um, and single view of the customer. But what became apparent with each three of them was, was the fact that they felt that under, underlying that connected experience, they were missing something. They were missing what they, they called connected insights. And in fact, actually, the difficulty in connecting their data platforms and when we started drilling to that, there were some issues around the data platforms and then the silos and technologies that existed in the, the, the difficulty integrating across technology platforms. And then actually most fundamental all was actually the siloed organization or the lack of connectedness across the organization. So we came up with this idea of connectedness and we started looking at those four levels. And, and what we're really talking about here today is we, we've spoken before about um, the, the experience and insights and we're going to drill a little more um, deeply into the, the connected technology and the connected organization. Perfect. Thank you, Nigel. So without further ado, we'll we'll dive straight in. So our first talking point for the, the session today is, uh, as usual, is just to explore what we mean by connected organization, the connected technology a little bit more. I know you've touched on it, Nigel, but if we, we dive into the detail a bit more. So uh, could I come to you first, please, Nick, just to kick us off? Yeah, sure. I'll, um, I'll try and briefly kind of give us an in, in, an overview of um, what we mean by connected organization. To me, kind of in its simplest form, I think uh, connected organization is all about kind of a, a network of empowered cross-functional teams um, all driving to, to towards the same organizational outcomes. Um, and again, it's it's all about how they communicate and collaborate. Now, obviously, that's quite a, a broad introduction to connected organizations. But, but if we kind of break it down into kind of agile ways of working and, and what that kind of transpired into for this is you know we, we speak about empowered teams so again it's it's a it's a small team empowered to make their own decisions can kind of drive their specific goals uh, whilst working in an overarching strategy or an organizational strategy 
Um, we think about kind of cross-functional teams. Again, it's a it's a small team made up of of different skill sets from all across the organization as required. Um, and again, I think probably one of the key things coming in from an organizational perspective is 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 making sure that there's an organizational outcome or organizational um, objectives that the small team is trying to achieve. It's not about the top departmental outcomes specifically. It's it's how do we how do we make sure that that small team is aligned from an organizational outcomes perspective. Just to um, pick up on some um, points Nick raised and, and, and why we speak about Agile, I, I think it's it's interesting to talk a little bit more around some the concept of Agile and why they really apply in, in this space. So if we think about um, you know, what's happening within digital marketing, it's about trying to engage more directly with, with, with customers. It's about increasing the heartbeat and the ability to respond and be faster time to market. Well, it's therefore, it's about actually moving from big releases to continuously involving customer experiences and the concept of, of MVPs come, comes into place. It's about embracing experimentation and, and automated um, testing in what's doing. It's about sensing and responding in the marketplace. It's about um, integrating more deep, deeply with the organization through cross-functional teams. And the sort of list goes on, but what we're seeing is a real parallel between the concepts of Agile and how they're now being applied within in the marketing function to really drive and, and to remove those silos exist and, and really get a connected organization. If I can just add there, Nigel, from my personal experience, there can be a lot of fear from what's being described as, you know, you you can hear from that a big organisational restructure. Um, My personal experience is that those connected teams can be virtual teams. You can get experts from across the business working together and really breaking down some of these challenges. It doesn't mean completely altering the whole makeup of the business it's about getting the right teams working together virtually a lot of the, a lot of the time and another thing to add on that james is is communities of practice most often kind of that collaboration and communication doesn't necessarily just happen within that team but it is how do you set up those kind of communities of practice to make sure that people within that team have a what you can probably call a second home to make sure that they kind of all work together. So as you kind of said, it's, it's not just about the, the small team restructure, but it's 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 fostering that communication and ways of working. No, you're right. And 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 a big part of that, the, the, a, a potential downside is of only working with virtual uh, teams is you can lose some of that knowledge. You know, if you're constantly changing who those members are, it's that, that kind of community you described builds up knowledge over time. And that's really important as part of this process too. With Agile, we, we touched on it, Nigel, that there's a lot of overlaps. I think you did as well, Nick, is that it, it's a cultural mindset shift as well. It's not necessarily a technology piece and a, we just need to to kind of share outcomes or, or be a bit more collaborative. It's that that collective working in, in organisational goals and targets, I think, is a, is a key one that you raised, Nick. It's that shifting culture that that is inherent in this as well. It is. So I agree it is um, shifting culture. There's another piece I'd add to this, which is often there's talk about transformation um, in organisations at this point. And, and the first way that most people address transformation is to look at the hierarchy and the structure in the organisation and start moving names on, on, a, on a sheet. And from our point of view, it's exactly the wrong thing to do. The, you know, changing the organisational structure is not the starting point. The starting point is understanding the key decisions that you need to make. And, and starting with understanding whether you're going to go product centric, what are the key decisions around those those products that you're, you're thinking you're putting in place, how are you going to invest in them, who's going to be making decisions, how are you going to go to market with them. As you start going through those decisions, you start coming across the people that need to be involved in various teams, understanding where technology is going to support you in that decision making process. And that's the way to start looking at it. It's, it's really much more around the governance 
of the organization and the structure is, is a, a key area to start driving those behavioral changes. With what you just said, Nigel, you reminded me of another key aspect of, uh, of, of connecting those teams together is you can get a lot of resistance to change. It's a natural uh, response by getting the right people in the room and making the collective decision. The, there's an ownership there across the business that drives change in a direction and, and really breaks down the barriers to, to change that, that sometimes you can see if the approach is uh, a little bit more siloed. Yeah, and hopefully that kind of collective ownership across a group of people breaks down the silos within departments as well. A lot of the time from clients will see that, that technology is the first thing they talk about and will look at when a lot of the time it's the technology underpins the organisational connectedness that you've all touched on and, you know, the organisational strategy and outcome. Awesome. I think we'll we'll leave it there for, for definition, whatever you want to call it. I think if we can dive into the next talking point, which is just to explore some of the, the issues and barriers um, to connected organisations and, and connected technology being implemented. I know we've touched on some of them. But if we could just dive a little deeper into that, I think that'd be great. Um, could I come to you first, please, Nigel? Sure. So um, the most off-sited problem um, that most 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 people will state is, is legacy technology. Um, the, it's quite clear that legacy technology is a constraint um, in, in terms of moving organisations forward. But there's been um, some quite progressive changes around the technology stack itself with things like APIs, with microservice technology, event streaming, concepts around data mesh, et cetera, that really you know, starts to alleviate some of those um, those traditional problems. And most importantly, actually allows you to decouple your, your legacy technology stack from, from the, the more customer-facing technology that, 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 that you have. But putting to aside just a moment legacy technology, where I believe there is barriers um, to, to getting the connectors is, is around the data. Do you think, Nigel, that those Two things are, are, are related, though, because what, what we're seeing is technologies basically playing nicer together. There, there had been a there has been a period of time where those um, technology stacks or you know um, solutions built around um, specific parts of the business were very uh, self orientated and, and kept the data to themselves. By this uh, growth of APIs, etc., that it's enabling the flows of data through technologies, even if they are different stacks. And that's really enabling of, well, it is connectedness in itself, but it is an enabling of some of the benefits with, that we've been uh, talking about. Yeah, I entirely agree, James. Um, so technology is playing better together. For me, the big irony here is that the other um, technological barrier is a choice on MarTech itself. I and mean, if you look at um, Scott Brinkler's famous slide from a number of years ago, where there was, I think, 5,000 products to choose from, I think it's probably near seven, eight thousand. And, and this idea that, again, because of different budgets, different people, different choices, um, the MarTech stack itself is not well integrated, that people are going for the best to breed for every possible solution, as opposed to looking at something that actually does what it's what they require and integrates well, it's also becoming a bit, bit of a challenge. So I do think that although legacy technology um, is often cited as being the bad, the bad guy in this, that actually a little bit more sense around um, describing what I would say is your enterprise architecture, getting a better view of that and then drilling down and, and making sure you get the right technology to support that view would also pay great dividends in this place. I'm glad you said enterprise architecture was the first thing that jumped to mind with what you just said. And, and 
you know, historically not taking that that wider view, you know, taking a step back and and choosing new technology for a, a specific uh, issue that your business has or uh, opportunity that can be seen maybe buying best in class without consideration of what you you have overall. It may deliver value, um, more value in, in a specific use case, but overall you're diminishing your ability to deal with your customers in a joined up way. Um, and 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 therefore enterprise architecture you really can't um, you've just got to it's, it's super important that you consider things across the whole business part of the enterprise architecture approach is um, you know elevating the importance of uh, technology that integrates you know when you're scoring when you're going through the RFI the RFP process it's it's not just thinking about what is best in class for this specific uh, use case I have. It's about does this tool play nice across the business? Does it allow the flow back of information from interactions with customers more broadly across the business? Does it allow you to pull in data from other places? So having that um, and prioritizing uh, technology that integrates as part of your scoring process allows you to over time build a stack that is integrated and has the connectedness that you need to succeed. So I entirely agree, James. In sort of quick wins, there are things that can be done from a technology point of view and a data point of view um, that, that, that can reap quite rapid benefits in, in terms of starting to pull um, existing data sources together. However, unless you start having a proper enterprise architecture, in a, you're going to struggle in, in terms of making your technology choices and, and driving forward. So, so I would say that's number two priority is, is enterprise architecture. But great, great enterprise architecture, great data architecture, great technology infrastructure um, will not get you there unless you solve the organization problems. And from what we've seen, actually, the, the siloed nature of companies as they stand today, that the, the unwillingness that the, the, the often the political barriers that exist to really what we'd call cross-department working is where the real challenges are. So for sustained and really um, um, you know, higher value transformation, the organization is, 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 a, is a thing to address in the longer term. And that's right, Nigel. I think what we've seen in quite a few organizations that we are working with is a lot of a lot of them have kind of adopted some agile ways of working. So kind of using Kanban or Scrum as a as a method to kind of do their work. But again, it's how do we how do we introduce that the larger cultural shift required for an organization to be truly agile and kind of operate at, at agile at scale level? Um, that is probably one of the biggest barriers that we have seen is is kind of the people kind of start working in a small cross-functional team, but but the scalability of that becomes quite a big barrier at the end of the day. Um, we've noted that executive sponsorship is obviously one of the key components to overcome the cultural change. Again, if you if you don't have the the executive sponsorship, it is really hard to kind of start looking at these communities of practice and changing or changing ways of working um, from what you could potentially call project management into product management. Um, so that's one of the key key things that we have discovered. Some something that is part of that, and I've seen um, as being a key enabler to organisations working in a different ways, the measurement as well. So shared KPIs, and actually the first step of of bringing virtual teams together is is noticing that different parts of the businesses are measured in different ways and, and having a conversation and either coming to an agreement of, of how measures uh, for different areas can be delivered uh, through the work of, of the cross-functional team or even 
you know, and that links back to that senior ownership, actually taking a look at those uh, KPIs and objectives uh, more holistically for the business to drive uh, collective benefit um, is, is really, really important. And measurement is a key enabler in my experience. And it is crucial to standardize that across the organization. Um, one of the key things that we did with one of the airlines is looking at objectives and key results, so OKRs. Um, and it's it's using those objectives and key results, kind of measuring quarterly progress and quarterly objective setting um, to make sure that we all align to the same common goals and objectives of the organization. An interesting set of points on, on the measurement. And what it brings to mind is what we're giving here is um, the experience that we have as consultants across a number of organizations. So this is the nature and type of work we often get to to help and support um, uh, our clients on. There is a sort of assumption here, and, and it's a, a dangerous one, and, and one that we always have to be a little bit careful, particularly as we start the work. That is actually the reason for doing this is understood. And, and actually one thing I'm just stepping back from, from what we're talking about here is um, actually many times that we're involved in, in engagements being asked to, to do something around data architecture or the MarTech stack or you know dealing with legacy architecture is actually where is the business need and the business driver and i know it's a very simplistic thing to say but actually that is where this should all start from um, if you don't have that then then actually the rest of it just will not follow because it's the thing that actually sets the north star it's about that vision and w- without that we know most or all transformations will, will never really deliver the value so my advocacy on, on this is, is that you must have that. You must set the, 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 the North Star. You must have the vision there. But then as um, Nick and um, James were saying, the way to deliver this, I think, is often through search teams. It's through small teams starting to, to, to gain momentum, to start to build success, demonstrate that success, and then to expand that through the organization. Um, the era of big bang transformations is dead. And, and I'm pleased, to, pleased that that's the so because they rarely did they, they ever deliver value. Um, but that's not to say you mustn't. You, sh- you still must have a, a clear vision that you can articulate on on the direction um, of, of where you're going and why. Is it fair to say that that transparency and kind of communicating what's happened, especially if you've got small teams, is key? I mean, across all the areas you've you've touched on, if you're moving from these siloed, independent ways of working and data stack to an enterprise approach, you know, there's going to be resistance. You know, people have managed to create their own independent ways of working that work ideally for them so there's going to be some give and take i think it, transparency and communication are key parts of this um i think i think yeah it's, a, it's it's good for you to emphasize that i i think the transparency and openness and um collaboration all going hand in hand together you need to you know with that you're talking about a building up of trust that maybe didn't exist in the past in old ways of ways of working and whether that you know we're talking about technology again and we're talking about a tool that allows you to do this um i think that could be part of the solution but also uh just getting the making sure you've got the communication up from the uh the between team members and between teams is uh absolutely uh key and you're right to emphasize that and I think you made a good point, James. Um, there are so many tools out there that are good enablers that kind of help smaller teams work together. I mean, obviously, we've seen all the Atlassian tools um, that are now quite prominently used in agile ways of working. But again, those tools are all enablers to kind of make the work visible, to make it easier to manage uh, going forward. And I guess another, another example there of it's not about the technology, it's technology as an enabler to a change in uh, in culture. Uh, okay, thanks, guys. Um, 
yeah, we, we've touched on a lot there, some really interesting stuff. I think what would be good in the, the last few minutes we've got for this session is if we could just highlight the sort of one key takeaway for our listeners in this area to bring benefits. And that can be uh, short term or kind of more medium to long term benefit. But if you just kind of your main shout out to focus on or, or think about uh, in this space. So could I come to you first, please, James? Yeah, of course. And and we've covered a lot of areas. So I, I like to emphasize something we haven't uh, said so much, actually, is, is the customer. What we're d- talking about is increasing connectedness. So you start to, as a business, have a, um, a, a complete view of the of the customer. And what that allows you to do is <clears throat> that that is the 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 foundation of a lot of the value from the increasing connectedness. So I'll only mention a couple of examples because we'll go back th- uh, through everything we've discussed uh, otherwise. But you, you you start to understand your customer base uh, even more than you ever have before. And you build up an insight, a, a customer base for you that allows you to deliver value in whatever channel uh, the customer is uh, is operating. And I'll, um, I'll add to my kind of key point as well, James, is... I mean, it's we definitely want to utilize agile ways of working, but I think the bigger picture for me is how do you incorporate product management into an organization? Because again, James, as you kind of rightly pointed out, it is all about the customer at the end of the day. And if you are product centric, you want to start looking at your products and what you can and what products are fulfilling what needs from your customers. So it's all about understanding your customer first and then organizing the organization in a product centric manner so that you can get the fast feedback from your suppliers and your customers and incorporate that into whatever you are building. Super. Now I just um, come back with this is you know, this is about connected experience. This whole thing is about how an organization connects better with its customers. And I think the 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 big message we're trying to put through here is if you truly want to do that, you've got to get connected within your own organization too. Um, and, and it's not it's not about legacy technology and, and it's even not about the different data assets. It's primarily about the way you as an organization choose to operate and it's the break it's the breaking down of those silos exist. That in the end is the is the way to leading to a, a truly transformed digital marketing organization that, that is customer focused. Everything else before that is going to yield some good, quick wins, things. But in the end, if you don't break down those barriers, you will be, um, you you will stay behind your competition. Perfect. Thank you, guys. So uh, as I kind of alluded to, I think we're we're probably out of time there. Um, And as ever with these podcasts, there's clearly a whole lot more that we could dive into there. Um, So if any of our listeners do have any questions for any of our speakers today, as ever, you can get in touch with us via our contact us page at credera.co.uk or you can leave us a voice message on the podcast itself. But we're happy to have a chat and a conversation about any of this and we'll ensure you get a response um, as quickly as possible. So uh, a huge thank you to our speakers, uh, Nigel, Nick and James, for making the time to share your views and experiences with our listeners today. Uh, and finally, just a huge thank you to our listeners for joining and uh, yeah, for listening to the conversation. So take care and uh, we look forward to speaking to you again soon.